Hello and welcome to Casting Shadows, episode number 29. We are back after we took the week off last week. We have two really cool topics. Well, one really cool topic, one kind of controversial topic to talk about. (laughs) The first one that we want to start off with is the one thing that we've been noticing as we've been posting it on our Twitter is that Red Black Shadow has made its appearance in modern format. The majority of the successful decks that we've been posting have been Rakdos Shadow, although MTG Goldfish doesn't really have a name for it yet. It's just R- RBG. <laughs> they throw a G in there G? because of G? mutagenic oh, growth. Well, you know what? That's rude. It's not John. It's it. I'm going to have a little it's talk. It's straight up Rakdos. We don't <laughs> even have a green land to pay for mutagenic growth. So it is straight up Rakdos Shadow. Very cool list. There's still some experimentation going on with it, but for the most part, the stock of it is Monastery Swiss Spears, Death Shadow, Scourge of the Skyclaves, and for the most part, I've been seeing Soulscar Mage. Other people are experimenting with the possibility of Bowmat Courier in the in the list instead of Soulscar Mage, because I've seen I I know Michael Rapp talked about it. I'm sure other people talked about it too. That they feel like uh, Soulscar Mage has been kind of underperforming in the deck. But I want to ask you your thoughts about Rakdos Shadow. Just kind of talk about the deck a little bit and then we'll kind of answer whether we think it's like a flash in the pan style deck or if it's actually something that it's going to have some legs. I'll start with you. First off, I want to say like it's so incredibly weird to have a Rakdos Shadow deck because years ago when I was first building like a Death Shadow deck, I didn't have enough money for the fetch lands to get like a proper Grixis mana base. So I played a red black version and it was terrible and actually had like uh, what was the one Titan strength It had mutagenic growth in it, dismembers and the whole nine yards. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see Arakdos uh, Shadow Deck doing well. It kind of harkens back to the the old days of my magic career. So uh, I actually saw an, a meme today and it was, what was it? It was like Oko Urza Companions it was like bad secret layers. Bro, what are you talking about? You just fell asleep, come down and play Grixis Shadow against KCI. You're up next round. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I wish. Like <laughs> the good old times. So it was... It's definitely a creative deck, and I'm really excited to see it in action. I'm really missing like paper tournaments right now because it'd be so cool to see this being run like a GP or SCG and just tearing it up. Like, I would love people like, oh, it's just Death Shadow, and then being like, Mugenic Growth, Mugenic Growth, and then hit you for like 10 with a Team of Battle Rage or something. Uh, as far as Soul Scar Mage goes, I can see where it's applicable and then not. It does really well when it's against uh, decks that have like big toughness creatures and then lowering with that negative 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 one negative one counter comes in very handy so i could see it when it's moments like that but also i see where it can be underwhelming because you know it's a one two for one that doesn't have haste gets thrown at the bus it's not aggressive as let's say monastery swiss beer bomat courier can uh, refill itself also i don't know if they're playing tarmogoyf in the deck but if they were to play Tarmogoyf, it'd be really well Bowmat Courier because when it dies, it goes in the graveyard, kind of the artifact and the creature, uh, boosting Tarmogoyf even more. So I could I could foresee Bowmat Courier becoming uh, a definite thing. But as far as the deck goes in general, I think it's really cool. It's awesome that, like I said, that uh, this random red black shadow deck is becoming one of the best decks in modern. Really happy to see Scourge doing well, even though Grixis was my initial home for it. 
I don't think it's terrible in Grixis, but I think Red Black really uh, is a nice home for it, especially with all the aggressive teacher or all, all the aggressive creatures and lightning bolts and stuff like that. So I'm really looking forward to seeing more Red Black Shadow, and uh, I'm excited. I don't know if they've done it in Versus Live yet, but I'm really excited to see if they do it soon because I'd love to see Corey and Ross duke it out with that. It's probably the only paper magic we're gonna get when it comes to being on stream and stuff. <laughs> so Jeremy, what do you think about Racto Shadow? Do you think it's flash in the pan? I I personally think it's like too early to tell right now uh i would give like a month or two and see if it's still doing successful to be like really gauge it yeah i think rakdos the idea of rakdos shadow has been something that's always been like a budget idea for a lot of people but to see it actually be really competitive is really cool to me basically it's just a death shadow deck fused with mono red prowess like you're playing all of the the typical most of the typical prowess creatures that mono red prowess would play in monastery swift spear and soul scar mage and then being able to you know we're running a bunch of fetches we're running sunbake canyon in these lists to hurt yourself for death shadow but you're also playing stuff like lightning bolt you're also playing stuff like lava dart mutagenic growth that's gonna hurt their life as well and with mutagenic growth it's gonna hurt your life as well so you get this double aspect of Death Shadow can be extremely large, but their their life total is also really low. So Scourge of the Skyclays becomes a humongous threat. And being able to, like I'm looking at a list here, you're playing 23 spells that you're going to be churning through to make a Monastery Swift Spear really big, to make a Soul Scar Mage really big. And I could see where Soul Scar Mage could be a little bit iffy in the deck because like you said, it's not a haste creature which Bomat Courier is, it's haste, but, and then Courier can also refill your hand, like you said, but at the same time, you lose that a prowess ability that Soulscar Mage has. So there's definitely pros and cons to either one. I am might be leaning more towards Soulscar Mage. I would like to try it first before I could say for sure that this is what I would want in the deck. Uh, Lurus of the Dream Den as your companion. You're not really playing anything big anyway, so I think it fits perfectly as your companion. And then, I, like, Demir Mill has been doing really good as well right now. So I think Luris, or the, Luris as your companion can be really good. You bring that into your hand, you play it. Since Demir Mill is knocking so much of your stuff in the graveyard, they're kind of helping you out with Luris. Then you're going to be able to play a Death Shadow, be able to play a Scourge of the Sky Clays, Monastery Swiss Spear from the graveyard. So I think it's pretty strong right now in the meta um with euro kind of being still really good even though euro's no longer in standard so it could it's time might be ticking in modern <laughs> who knows let's, let's uh keep the fingers crossed but if if, <laughs> if if uh history shows us anything we look at uh how it was oko was banned like three weeks three weeks in the standard and took like three months to, for modern so i don't know we'll hold your breath on that one <laughs> <laughs> but yeah anyway i think the deck is really strong right now in this meta being able to race to euro style decks with monasteries or with uh with basically the prowess style decks but also having more of an end game because with you know with mono red prowess once they slam a euro you didn't really have much of an answer but now you kind of do with death shadow becoming extremely large if they're already low enough by the time they play euro scourge can still be really large you have Tamir Battle Rage. If you put it on a large Death Shadow, they might be able to block with a Euro, but you're able to get that extra damage in. So there's more of a a better of an end game with this deck than it is with Mono Red Prowess. And Mono Red Prowess has kind of been on the downswing recently. I know Is It Blitz, Is It Prowess has 
kind of taken over the prowess builds more than anything but if you're going to bring mono red prowess to a local game store for an fnm or a sunday night magic you're not going to have a bad time it's going to be a strong deck uh it's always hard to play with or play against because it can completely go off in turn two turn three and then it's just hard to recover so I don't think this is a flash in the pan quite yet, but I think the meta is definitely just right for this deck, and that's why we're seeing a lot of success with it. As decks start, a lot of people are noticing that Rakdos Shadow has been pretty good, so they're going to start changing their sideboard, maybe start changing their 60 to beat it, who knows, and then that'll be the true test. if it can, If it's one of those decks that people start actually planning for, how does it perform? That's going to be the big question. But I am very excited to, to try this out. This is a deck that I really, really want to try out. And it's one that I can actually try out because I don't need Verdant Catacombs, which <laughs> is really expensive. I already have all the fetches. So it's just basically getting the Scourges and some of the other cards. But it looks like a really cool deck. Looks like a really fun deck. I'm going to say it's not a complete flash in the pan. I don't think it's going to be like mardu where it's really meta dependent and we haven't seen mardu really at all ever since every time i do we do these recent deck lists that are having success i don't see mardu at all i don't think that racto shadow is going to be a mardu at all where it's really needs a, like a graveyard to be or like a meta that's focused on the graveyard to be good mm -hmm. yeah i can i can foresee racto shadow kind of adapting you know i think the only problem off the top of my head probably be like big mana decks like uh tron that relies heavily like on karn and big creatures because i feel like they don't have a lot of answers and mm -hmm. i mean granted you have like dread boar you have you know terminate like those types that deal with big creatures but as far as non-creatures spells all you really have is like well you have to like let resolve through like a dread boar or something but you don't have anything to interact in the stack your best defense probably like discard spells but you know sometimes all tron needs is to land that one threat and then kind of run away at the game. So I could see like if a non-creature spell heavy deck or something like that popped up, it would be, I feel like Rakdos would have a little bit of a struggle when it comes to dealing with that. Mm. And then like losing blue. I mean, I'm completely fine with losing thought scour. I pretty much hate the card, to be honest, losing stubborn denial, you know, definitely does hurt. But at the same time, they're playing two copies of apostles blessing which is like their little pseudo stubborn denial in a way that also helps their death shadow plan as well. So it's it's not super resilient as if you would have three colors, but I still think that it does have enough tools that it can still be strong in the meta as it starts to develop. But I'm kind of thinking, you know, how Rakdos prowess. I don't. It, I lose track of time because of it was like COVID, a couple. It was like a couple weeks ago. Rakdos Prowess was doing good. Am I it, right? It or? feels like it's been like five months, but it also feels like it's only been like a month. But I, I remember so. when they were playing, <laughs> they were playing it all the time on Versus Live, and it was like arguably the strongest deck in the format. And Rakdos Prowess has completely fallen off. Really, I don't see it as much. I still see some lists, but like all the time, it was all over the place, and that was the hot stuff. But I also think that was when Luris was really strong. Like I said, I'm just getting completely mixed up with the time. But it's it's hard because I we don't really have an opportunity to play these decks too mm -hmm. because Paper Magic is largely non-existent by us at the moment. So like 
before when a new deck would come out, we're like, oh, we are like, we're like rushing to get the parts. We're ordering the cheapest cards at TCG player, waiting for the cards to come in. Uh, but then all of a sudden, like now we don't have that. So it's kind of like the decks, the decks can, like come and go. It's like a blur. Like just yesterday, Loris was like playing in Death Show with Sprite Dragon. And now, you know, campaigns are completely changed rule wise. So mm. it feels so weird. But yeah, like I was saying with Rakdos Prowess, I still think Rakdos Shadow is a little bit better in the late game than Rakdos Prowess was or Mono Red Prowess. So I think that's what has it going for it. If it goes in the late game, it's not going to be tremendous like most Shadow decks. Mm. Not really tremendous in the late game, especially when your life is so low. All they need is that one good turn to completely throw you off. But I definitely think it's better in the late game than those Prowess style decks. And that's what it really has going for it. It has the ability to really just go off quickly. I hope they do play it on versus live because I have I don't really watch like arena or anything. I don't watch MTGO. Magic uh yeah, Magic Online is I, I don't think anyone blamed me. It's it's pretty dry watching the user pace. It's <laughs> looks like it's like Windows ninety eight. Ugh. Yeah, so I don't watch that stuff really, so I don't haven't really got to see this deck in action. So I'm hoping they do something on Versus Live. I know they've been focusing on a lot of standard content right now, and rightfully so, just because of the new set and all that. So I'm hoping that they do experiment with this deck on Versus Live. And I'm excited for me and you to be able to experiment with it too, just to see really, because I think that's when we can really give an answer, whether it's going to be a flash in the pan or whether it's something that's going to stick around in the meadows when we actually sit down and be able to play it. We just don't have that opportunity right now, but... I'm very excited to try the deck. Yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty pumped too. And like I said, it'll, it'll be really it, like you said, it'll be really exciting to try the deck, like me and you, and get our hands on it and be able to put it through the gauntlet, so to speak. I completely agree. Do you have anything else you want to talk about with Rakdos Shadow? Do you want to move on to our controversial topic that we have next? Uh, it's <laughs> I think last day I'll say like it was gonna be really smart. I know that, but then I kind of just forgot it. So we're gonna move on to a next topic. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about i know the, the one thing i did want to talk about real quick is they're really taking advantage of all the new cards yeah that that, oh yeah i think that's what i was gonna say is uh no it's not i'm lying it's not what i was say at all but uh <laughs> but like I, it is kind of cool to see death shadow adopting new cards for the first time like ever mm -hmm. you know like it's super cool because we're always used to seeing shadow have like one new card per set yeah that doesn't do anything like we're like oh this card might do it and then like three weeks later everyone's like yeah i know it sucks <laughs> just give up on it so it's kind of cool to see it finally doing something with new cards exactly likewise like we were talking about scourge of the sky glaives they're playing four copies in it uh grixis death shadow hasn't really been able to use four i don't think four has been very good in it and i think two to one probably two with two snapcasters right um, but they're also playing the new card in Agadine's Awakening. That's another thing. Since we don't have access to blue, we don't have access to Summer Denial. We have Apostle's Blessing to be able to give a creature protection from Fatal Push, protection from Path Exile. But if it does get destroyed, that's when we have Luris to be able to buy it back. And maybe we can have Agadine's Awakening being able to buy it back. We have Coligan's Command in the sideboard. But we're utilizing some of the other new cards. Cleansing Wildfire, this deck's playing three copies. Feed the Swarm. I'm interested to see how people like Feed the Swarm in there. Because I feel like with two colors, Blood Moon doesn't really destroy us too much. Mm -hmm. We still have one Swamp in the main board that we're able to get with. With Bloodstained Myers and Polluted Deltas. 
So I'm interested to see if that has been a very been a very been a good card in the 75. And this Rakdos has finally been able to utilize Kroxa in Death Shadow, which is something that we've always wanted to utilize. It just never really panned out in Grixis Death Shadow. Uh, I think in a Rakdos shell where it's just two colors, Kroxa is going to be a lot easier to cast for the four mana. And doing that additional damage, I know we're not playing Inquisition as in the in the main board at all, which I'm another thing that I'm excited about. I'm not like this card can definitely be good, but I'm more excited in the fact that I would rather just lava dark them, lightning mm -hmm. bolt them. I'd rather do all that kind of stuff. Crash through, draw a card, get my creatures trampled, and inquisition somebody. So being able to you know, when we're the first couple turns when we're chipping in damage left and right with all these different cards, if we have a Kroxa that we slam down, they're really going to have to think about what they discard because they're going to have to take three when they're already maybe at seven. Um, they're going to have a bunch of good cards in their hand that they don't want to discard, so it makes them think a little bit. So I think this deck can utilize Kroxa as well, which I'm I'm hoping because I'm a, I'm a fan of Kroxa. You know, it's not Euro by any means, but it's still a cool card, and when it lands, it's a it's a huge threat that you're going to have to deal with. With Teamer Battle Rage in the next turn, <laughs> that could be 12 damage coming no, through. No, it's definitely a mod, and yet it triggers a discard all over again. Mm -hmm. So it's like repeatedly it puts pressure... And this deck is playing like a million burn spells, so it really amps up the yep. uh, pressure in your life total for sure. Yeah, I think it's cool. Very excited to try it out. But moving on from Rakdos Shadow, we have our controversial topic surrounding the new Walking Dead secret layers, or secret layer, it's not, <laughs> not plural. Um, I know in this secret layer we're getting a like a zombie token that's going to be called a walker token because that's what it's called in the Walking Dead realm, obviously, the Walking Dead. <laughs> uh, we're also getting Michonne, Ruthless Survivor, which is three generic black and a green legendary creature, human warrior. When Michonne enters the battlefield, create two walker tokens. As long as Michonne is equipped, she, she must be blocked if able. Whenever Michonne and at least two zombies attack, she gains indestructible until end of turn. We're getting a Daryl Hunter of Walkers, two generic red-green. Beginning of your upkeep, target opponent creates three Walker tokens. If you tap Daryl, you can deal two damage to target creature. Whenever a zombie and opponent control dies, draw a card, and it's a 4-4. Four, four. We're getting Glenn, the Voice of Calm, for a, gener a generic white and a blue. Legendary creature has Skulk. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, draw cards equal to his power, and it's a 1-3. And then the card that has been somewhat controversial in this set is Negan, the Cold-Blooded, for two generic red, white, black. Legendary creature, human rogue. When ne Negan enters the battlefield, you and target opponent each secretly choose a creature that player controls. Then those choices are revealed, and that player sacrifices those creatures. Whenever an opponent sacrifices a creature, you create a treasure token, and it's a 4-3. So I know you know a lot more about this than me i've been kind of following on it but you followed it even more so what is all this controversy that is surrounding this new walking dead secret layer so, so so all right so i'll break it down like in tears so to speak because there's a lot of there's actually 
a lot of layers to this. Uh, more than the onion. Uh, that's a Shrek reference. I see what you did there. I know, I know. Secret layer. Oh, I, oh, 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 I didn't even realize that. <laughs> so thank you. I do look good, sir. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, uh, so the first problem people are kind of upset about it, or not kind of, they are really upset about, is that these are black border cards and they are legal in internal formats such as Vintage, Commander, and Legacy. So these cards are brand new. They're playable in these formats. And uh, these are the only way to get them as of now is through Secret Layer. So theoretically, if tomorrow uh, Negan or Michonne or Glenn or Daryl became like super popular in Commander and skyrocketed, you know, like as popular as like Urza was with Modern Horizon got spoiled or something, people would be losing their mind over trying to get to it because it'd be, you know, ridiculously high expensive wise because there's such a limited supply of it. And it would really drive that price or legacy. You know, sometimes legacy gets random commander cards that are secretly super good in legacy. But people who are designing commander had no idea. Uh, a great example of this would be true name nemesis. True name nemesis is a generic and two blue. It's a three one. And when it's the battlefield, you choose an opponent. And I'm just, I forget the exact wording, but basically you, you have protection from that opponent, period. Like the true name nemesis has a protection from that opponent. It cannot be bolted by opponent, cannot be creatures, can't block it. It's so it's a three one that comes in and keeps hitting over and over. It's super OP and commander. It's not that OP because usually playing a four player game, right? So if I choose you, uh, yeah, you can't, uh, you know, touch my true name true name nemesis, but you can, you know, ask our friend like, you know, hey, can you take care of that thing for me. It's getting really annoying. Sure, I'll bolt it. Boom, done, you know, so it's sneakily good in uh for like legacy where there's only two people so you choose you have to choose the other player and then boom it's done you know so i feel like with uh with this scenario everyone's kind of fearing like well what if this happens like if that, it may not be with the walking dead cards it may be with something else down the line but to keep on this to keep doing this trend something like this might happen and it could skyrocket the price but Wizards has said if that if that were to happen, like if tomorrow if Michonne and Negan got super popular, they would really think about releasing the card through a general set just in a different name. So they would change the name up. So instead of, you know, Negan the Coldblood, it'd be, you know, Johnny Rakto's King or something, whatever, you know, creative na- magic name they come up with. And that would be it's essentially the same reprint or functionally the same, just with a tweak name or something or tweak power and toughness. So they have announced that which fixed that problem. Uh, the other large problem as far as uh, the walking dead goes. A, me personally, I was like, Watsy, you are probably at least I say eight to maybe 10 years late when it comes to the walking dead train. <laughs> Man, I think the last time the walking dead was relevant. Was maybe season Oh my gosh, it's been forever. I think I would say 10 years ago it peaked. Like when we were in high school, Walking Dead was all the rage. So what was that? It was like season five, that episode, the first episode when they were at that sanctuary. Oh, and like Terminus, Somebody's right? head got bashed in. It was like, uh, Terminus was, with the cannibals. Yeah. Yes. Even back then it was still like, I watched that episode. And I was like, damn, yeah. Walking Dead, good. Yeah, it, it, 
So, uh, so give you guys the equivalency is probably more recent to your guys' memory. Think Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones has been a worldwide phenomenon that just ended last year. Walking Dead was that big as well at one point. Mm. It was huge. Everyone watched it. It was all over the mall. Like it was all over TV. You know, Taco Bell was doing promotions with it. It was everywhere. But since I would say, yeah, I think that season that Jeremy mentioned, that was like one of its peaks. And then after that, it was a slow and very torturous decline Yep. Uh, of just, oh, wow, this is bad. Like, <laughs> uh, But then uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan came in and played Negan. He kind of brought the show back up. But even that lasted maybe about a season or two and then it declined once again. Mm-hmm. And so the show right now, I would place it in a pretty non-relevant. Like if you watch a Walking Dead still, you're a pretty hardcore fan because it's been going on for about 11 and 12 seasons. Uh, Robert Kirkman, the creator of the graphic novels based upon ended his own version of Walking Dead, I think, two seasons ago. So the show is completely coming up with new material. It does have a spinoff here, The Walking Dead, and there's another spinoff, which I think is actually a teen adventure romance, if you believe it or not, set in the Walking Please Dead universe. <laughs> set in the Walking Dead universe. Oh so hold on to your butts, people. Get ready to be amazed. But okay, I'm getting way too off topic with it. just the Walking Dead. <laughs> it's become a Walking Dead show. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> that wraps up this week on the Walking Dead podcasting Walking Dead. But anyway, so Watsy, I feel like, why did you pick the Walking Dead? You could have picked Game of Game of Thrones would have been perfect, okay? Because let's face it, we're nerds that play magic. We can say that proudly. Being a nerd is not a bad thing anymore. The chances of a person playing magic and watching Game of Thrones is asking uh, a football fan, do they like, you know, do they like any other sports in general? The, The answer is probably yes. Like, I like football. I also like basketball. I also like baseball. Here's a high percentage that a football fan will like other sports, you know, so like Game of Thrones would have been a slam dunk. Lord of the Rings would have been a slam dunk. Like Star Wars would even have been a slam dunk. There's so many other IPs that I could have picked out of that would have been like, OK, that's way cooler. You know, I was thinking since they really I get the whole zombie theme, right? Because uh, Halloween coming up, how how cool would it have been for them to do instead of uh, characters in Walking Dead, all the famous horror icons in like cinema. So like Michael Myers, uh, Jason, Freddy Krueger, Chucky, the thing like that. Oh, that would have been awesome. I'm just thinking about it right now. Uh, Freddy Krueger is obviously Grixis. Like that's just okay, like obviously, you know, right? Because he got burned black and blue because he haunts your dreams. Boom, Grixis. I, you know, hire me anyways. Uh, so just make sure <laughs> none of them are Simic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Someone would sneak in a Simic and you'd be like, they're Simic? You'd be like, I don't think Michael Myers is very Simic-y, do you? Like, hold on here. I, it's, just, it's just Euro. It's reprint another Euro. Why does it say Jason the Titan's Wrath? <laughs> yeah, it draws three cards this time. Uh, but again, again, I'm getting off topic. Uh, they, <laughs> Like I said, the IP-wise, they just didn't really pick something that I feel like was a slam dunk. And then the last layer that's really gained to a lot of people is. So you obviously watch a show up to a good portion uh, where Negan's storyline was involved and everything. Mm-hmm. You got a sense of his character. You witnessed some of the things he'd done or he did. Even the shot, I'm pretty sure Negan the cold blooded 
is actually from the episode where okay i'm you know spoiler alert if you don't want to hear this shut the podcast off now but the part where glenn dies i'm pretty sure that's the shot they're referencing because it's negan the cold-blooded his baseball bats lucille's on his shoulder that's what he calls his baseball bat and it looks like it's nighttime with the vehicle lights it looks like when he's round, he rounds everyone up and he, you know, has them go on their knees and everything. So I'm pretty sure it's that specific scene. Uh, Negan in the show is a straight villain, man. Uh, he's a monster. He kills people without mercy. Innocent people brutally bashes them in with their baseball bat. He assaults women. He enslaves them. He's just a terrible person. Like, I'm not, I will not lie to you. He's uh, not a good guy. Like, Negan is a very rotten person and i don't know how many times i wanted him to get shot in the face on on tv you know so props <laughs> out to jeffrey dean, jeffrey dean morgan to make me hate a fictional character mm-hmm. when a actor can dictate that type of hatred in a to make you hate something that's not real actors doing a great job you know so people were kind of upset with this because it's like well this game still says 13 plus on the box uh, kids play magic, kids uh, read about magic, they watch magic. Do you think it's a really good idea to have someone as nasty and evil as Negan on this game that could be referenced, that could the kids could find about and everything like that? So uh, that's another reason people are very upset about it. And they don't think that Negan should have been, you know, the right person to portray in a magic card. You know, so that's where another thing they run into uh, The Walking Dead, where, yes, it's zombies, but also it is a, you know, the show is the show is about zombies. Yes, but the show is also about real monsters, which are human beings, not to get all deep on everyone. Philosophical. But, you know, the show really shows you like, OK, if you take away the comforts of society, you know, running, running water, food, shelter, you know, uh, cars, gas, cell phones, social media. And you throw them in a situation and you just tell them to survive. People either band together and work together or become, you know, monsters that only care about themselves. And so the show really digs deep into that. And so it's a very mature subject matter for a children's card game to kind of dip their toes into. So I will give my opinion in a moment when it comes to all these three things. But I'm going to let Jeremy, what do you think about all the things that are stated? You can go off the list like how I did if you want. Uh, maybe not get too into the movie aspect like I did. <laughs> I think, yeah, the the one weird part about it is the fact that these are just collector pieces and there's not the, the regular copies for for the regular people. You know, when they did the Godzilla crossover, they had those Godzilla cards, not Godzilla, well, the, the specific cards from the Godzilla universe, but they also had the regular cards, the regular magic cards that you could just buy that had the same ability. You could see that it, on the Godzilla cards, it would say this card is this. And there was a bunch of those, which I think is perfectly fine. The fact that they did it like backwards and they just did the collector pieces and they're like, maybe we'll do the regular ones one day. I thought that was <laughs> kind of weird. I think honestly, the whole idea of secret layers really kind of weird. Uh, like they're all just collector's pieces. I don't know. It got rapidly weird. Yeah, no, like it started off kind of cool with the Serum Visions one and it was like a very rare treat. I thought it was gonna be, but then I kinda like, no, screw it. We're doing this like every two weeks. Mm. And honestly, 
I don't have a problem with crossovers, but I'm not a huge fan of crossovers at the same time, especially doing like The Walking Dead. Like I can just picture like I'm playing Commander and I'm going to play Glenn and my opponent has Nickel Bolas. <laughs> like it's just it's a very weird aspect of it to me. And like you said, it was like 20 years too late for Walking Dead. For the for the people that listen to this that actually love The Walking Dead, more power to you. I watched it. The first, like, I, I wasn't like one of those bandwagons. Of it. We watched, yeah, we I stuck with it for a while. <laughs> I watched it before it got popular. The first ever episode that came out, I watched it that day, and I loved it back then. And the couple of seasons after that, it was, like, one of my favorite shows, and then it just kind of hit rock bottom. But, like you said, it would be, it's almost like, I love Sons of Anarchy. All-time favorite show, without a doubt. But it'd be like... Okay, we're we're gonna print this Grixis card called Jacks the Insufferable. Like, <laughs> I don't really want this crossover. I get the aspect of it. It is for Halloween. Like, I think the artwork's really cool. I think the idea is really cool. I just I'm not entirely sure about the whole crossover part of it. Again, wouldn't slashers have made sense or something like fiction wise? Something you know, that's like... more like when I think of The Walking Dead, I don't think of Halloween. I think of a fictional walker or fictional zombie show. When I think of Freddy Krueger, when I think of Michael Myers, automatically think of Halloween and fall time. So I think those would have been more perfect to do than the Walking Lovecraft. Maybe have like, you know, otherworldly dark alien creatures. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many things. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) And I think there'd be so much more because, you know, my, my other problem with doing The Walking Dead is just like, they're normal everyday humans. Well, they used to be before the zombie apocalypse and then everything kind of changed. They don't have like superpowers or not. They're just like regular everyday humans that have been changed by the post-apocalyptic world. If you Except do something. Herschel shotgun in season two. And what? Remember Herschel shotgun in season two that wouldn't <laughs> run out of ammo? Well, it a only... double barrel and he shot like eight times in a row. Like, hold on, time out on that second. <laughs> That was so bad. <laughs> but anyway, if you do, if you do Jason, you do Freddy Krieger, they're all like triggered, not triggered. Why, why did I say triggered? They're all like, you know, like demonic. Like there's this huge like demonic thing that revolves around it that gives them their power that Hell they razor, can do. Stuff exactly. Like, like it would make more sense in a, in a magic universe. Like I gave you that example earlier, trying to play like Nicol Bolas or I'm going to swing my Glenn into your Liliana. It just, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't feel right to me. <laughs> it's, Oh God, it sounds so cringy. Now I think of it like, Oh, Daryl take two. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, another aspect of it is the whole like being weirded out about Negan because of this like he he kills people and all that and it's supposed to be a children's game that or 13 plus and all that but a lot of those same age ranges watching Star Wars and Darth Vader basically annihilated an entire planet of innocent children (laughs) women and people and he, he didn't he, he didn't he didn't enslave women in chains though and that is fair to, that he did, like he just <laughs> completely wiped out planets and choked other people yeah so it's like it's you can kind of compare it but at the same time obviously the way that they portrayed negan was way more eviler way more sadistic and the things that he did although i would say darth vader killed more people than negan but 
We're not getting into this debate, okay? <laughs> <laughs> We're not. <laughs> but, like, I can see the concerns. I think they're kind of cool. I think in that aspect, I would never pay for them. I think they're also, like, 40 to $50 just for the secret layer. So, that's just, like, the stock price. I'm sure that is going to go, and, like, the prices are going to be even higher for that. Like you said, if Negan's an amazing card... Or Michonne's an amazing card. Those cards are going to skyrocket. They're going to be insanely high. And basically the only people that can afford them are collectors. Because the regular everyday people don't have that regular card like they did with the Godzilla series. They gave you those cool Godzilla arts. But they also gave you the regular one that does the same exact thing. Eventually they may do that. But I think that it is very weird that they didn't just do both at the same time. But like I said, the whole secret layer thing to me is just kind of weird. But I will stop my tangent here and I'll let you continue. <laughs> uh, for the most part, though, I definitely agree with you how uh, secret layers have have gotten definitely weirder, though, with like their uh, pricing or just like how often they're doing it. At first, it was going to be like this really cool treat you ever, you get once in a while, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but then it kind of quickly devolved into just like, hey, we want to make money, <laughs> you know, so that was a little bit of a bummer when it comes to that. But also, as far as the IP goes uh, involving children, I, I do get people's complaints. They are valid. Uh, you know, I understand this character should maybe not be represented on this uh, card game. At the same time, though, I feel like you can separate that from kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, an example uh, I talked to you about is the Joker, right? The Joker is played by Zach Galifianakis. I'm always butchering his last name. Galifianakis. He plays Lego Joker, right? Hilarious. Fun, loving kids movie with Will Arnett playing Batman. Just really fun, you know, movie to watch. Uh, rated G for all ages. Everyone can watch it. You know, uh, Joker appears in numerous uh, children's car uh, children's cartoons. Joker is one of the most synonymous things with Batman there is. But also you have Joker played by Joaquin Phoenix, which is one of the most mature movies you can ever see. Mm -hmm. It has uh, very dark vibes about blatant murder, abuse, drug addiction, rioting, uh, social instability. You know, mental uh, classism, mental illness, elitism, you know, downright murder. Uh, it's a very dark movie, heavy swearing like it's a it's not a movie for kids. I would never take any kid to go see the Joker, you know, so you can have two. I you can have two. Do you have the same character uh, and two different audiences for sure? It just depends on how you portray them. I think what Magic is doing is they are trying to appeal to the older age group. Because mm -hmm. I don't think many kids watch The Walking Dead these days. If they do, they must be really into TV because it's not even popular anymore. Like you, you're not gonna, you're not going to see it at Taco Bell or in the store anymore. So I'm like, oh, mom, what's that? Like, what's that show? Like, probably not because you know it's pretty much a hardcore like fan base at the moment. So that argument is a little lessened on that front. And then when it comes to like you know buying it, what kid doesn't have sixty bucks to spend the magic cards? Yeah, you know exactly. when I was in high school even. I had like 20 bucks. <laughs> I was broke all through high school. I still am broke. What am I talking about? But you, you get what I'm saying, though. Like, you know, what 10 year old kid who should not be watching Negan, who should not be watching The Walking Dead is going to be able to afford to go buy a secret layer, stuff like that. So I feel like you can have 
you know, like I said, a character such as Negan exists in Magic the Gathering, uh, maybe they should. I know it sounds kind of wacky, but start putting a little label that says, you know, warning, this product is meant for, you know, like uh, this, this, this uh, product may contain some mature content or something along those lines. I know it sounds wacky, but then you have like, then it's completely up to the parents, you know, like, mm-hmm. or when you're ordering online, maybe there's a little thing that pops up saying like warning, like Negan is based off intellectual property that could be disturbing to some viewers. Are you over the age of 18? Click yes to proceed, you know, so something along those lines uh, to help people differentiate, maybe to educate parents a little more or like, oh, it's just, you know, magic cards that Timmy wants. No, like Negan's a pretty harsh character. We should look into him and maybe maybe it's not the right product for him. Just like how, you know, your son or little brother wants to go see Joker. You know, I'm sorry, you can't see that one. It's meant for grownups kind of thing. You know, or even Wolverine, like Wolverine's in tons of, uh, you know, kid shows that 1990s uh, X-Men show. And then you have something like Logan that deals with PTSD and self-harm and graphic violence. So you can have these characters exist in two realms for adults and for kids. You know, we're in this weird pseudo stage where people have realized that comics and movies and, you know, superheroes and now magic is not just for kids and our large audience is in fact adult adults mm-hmm. uh, or older, mature people who do enjoy this stuff. You know, like I said, also I, I do want to say real quickly that the way Negan is designed card wise and flavor wise, it's pre on point. The fact that you randomly select things like how he ram selects you in the show with the, what does he say? Any, many, many, mo catch a tiger by its toe mm-hmm. thing. He always says, and then he demands tribute in the, all the time in the show. Otherwise, he'll basically kill you. Same thing he does here with the treasure token. So I got to say, like, flavor-wise, they hit it pretty much on, you know, the head. Oh, God, that's a terrible pun if you think about Glenn. I just thought about oh. it. I was, like, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> that's t- Okay, sorry about that. Sorry about that. <laughs> sorry to the uh, fans of Glenn. Sorry to the fans of Glenn. But like I said, though, like... You know, so you can have those those properties exist. And so people who do complain about, you know, like no unacceptable, you shouldn't have that. I, I get your complaint and, you know, you're valid and you have the right to think the way you think. And I completely understand. But like you can have those properties exist. You just maybe have to put, you know, because like the Joker's rated R. It says rated R for X, Y and Z. Maybe Wizards just start, like I said, putting a little content warning saying this card's based off a of mature subject matter. We do not recommend, you know, people under the age of, you know, 13 or 14 or 16. Go look at this. It's not good, you know. So, you know, overall, I think the controversies are valid in some areas and not so valid in others. It's definitely definitely an interesting thing to, to see in magic. I never thought the community would be so torn up about it. Like I saw it. It's like, oh, cool. Like, meh, I, I don't think I'm going to buy it, though. Like, yeah, <laughs> I agree. And then all of a sudden I see it like completely trending people blowing about it. I know the professor is very vocal about it. It just kind of feels like, you know, it's kind of like a like a firestorm. At the same time, though, if you're a fan of The Walking Dead and you play Magic the Gathering, and you want this product, don't let people make you feel bad for wanting this product. Mm-hmm. Do what you want to do with your money. You know, like, if anything, you're one of the people who like this ton. So go for it, buy it. You know, like I said, like, it's your money, spend it the way you want it. And you've been waiting forever for this type of product. So go ahead. You know, for me personally, 
I wish collectively we could have came together and fake our excitement so they would do another one and do Game of Thrones or something because I really wanted something along those lines. You know, not The Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, like just such, such an odd... I would have never guessed in a million years. Like, like I said, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings makes sense, right? Because fantasy, it's swords, it's dungeons, it's dragons, it's medieval knights and wizards and magic. Okay, slots right into it. But you take a post-apocalyptic man with a crossbow and you throw him in magic, the gathering. I, I don't know. Sorry, it's just something's not might be right. Anyways, so I am definitely struggling to to factor in, you know, what it's just definitely an odd time in magic. And I know we complain a lot. I know we look at, you know, Twitter or Facebook or Reddit and we see the masses and everything like that. And we hope wizards listen to listen to listens to our complaints and our criticism. But at the end of the day, they listen to one thing and one thing only. I know this is a very pessimistic thing to say, but that's the money. Mm-hmm. How much money will this make? Is like, wow, they made a boatload of money. Guess what, boys? Fire up that other crossover we're doing with Law and Order because <laughs> we are going to town. Da, 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 da. Like, <laughs> playing iced tea on my table. <laughs> so, you know, like there are definitely a lot of uh, issues that could happen. You know, but like this is the first magic. I mean, I guess it is the first magic crossover when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah. I was thinking about the anime cards uh, War Spark, but those are just anime. Styles. They kind of did like My Little Pony, too, before. They were silver border. That's another option people were saying is if they would have made these silver border, would it make complete sense? Because Commander is a very casual format. You know, I'm sure if you t- have your friends like, hey, man, I want to really want to play with Negan tonight. Do you mind? Sure. Go ahead. Like, you know, our play group usually has no qualms with that uh, or Michonne or whatever you want to play with. But like just they're silver bordered so they can never be legal in official Commander sanctioned events or uh, legacy events or vintage. So it's kind of like a, you know, fail safe kind of thing, just like the Transformers was with uh, the Transformers card uh, was I think it was Optimus Prime or something. So, like I said, it's a very uh, sticky topic. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I don't want to offend anyone. Don't make anyone mad. Everyone has right to their own opinion. And the biggest thing is that we're respectful, respectful amongst each other when discussing this, you know, like I. When I see people in the comment section on YouTube or Twitter calling people, you know, vulgar names or making fun of each other or in mean in mean spirited ways or bashing each other, that's not helpful to anyone because it just makes everyone more angry. Yeah. You know, voice your opinion in a calm, collective manner. And if they say something mean to you or, you know, or bash you, just mute it and move on. Don't give them the satisfaction to keep, you know, yelling at them because at the end of the day, and it's full of angry people. Don't give them the satisfaction. Just move on and go about your day. You know, if you really want to stick it where it hurts and tell Watts you don't like it, don't buy it. Mm-hmm. That alone speaks volumes because the, the biggest thing they care about money is they see those sales like, wow, now people uh, people bought this. Like, maybe we shouldn't do this anymore. So, And that's what I want to ask real quick before we wrap it up because I did see somebody on Reddit that made this huge post about boycotting wizards. And he said just something along the lines of, please understand before you read this that I believe that Wizards' decision to print these Walking Dead cards have future implications for formats that I love like Modern. He basically said that it sets a precedent of that would allow Wizards to print cards like Oko or Euro at high-end prices and limited quantities, putting those who have more money in an advantage of over people that do not have as much money. 
do you think that this could set a precedent if this does become a really popular thing? Because it seems like secret layers were going to be like just a, a random thing that popped up and now they're happening more frequently. Could you see that being a precedent set for formats in modern or formats in magic? I I couldn't. I couldn't. Like I said, this is more for Legacy and Commander, but like they did print Modern Horizon. So what's to say that they won't go into the modern territory again with a new card, part of Modern Horizon or separate from Modern Horizons, but included in the set maybe through like a buy a box promo through a secret layer that really puts people like, okay, I got to buy this card. You know, uh, they're constantly pushing boundaries and they're constantly making new cards. It does make me worry a little bit. Another worrisome thing is this is wizard selling us directly selling cards directly to us right so it's cutting out the lgs and it's cutting out the middleman which is the lgs so it's hurting the business a little bit when it comes to their end and right now they need all the business they can get you know like like i said i know jeremy's like i'm bringing up but warhammer forty thousand. when i buy stuff off their website i can buy it directly off of them i can go <laughs> to my lgs what? You know Sorry, what, buddy, I boy? coughed. I okay, coughed. all right, watch it. You can go to Games Workshop's <laughs> website and buy models directly off of them, or go to your LGS and or your game store or Games Workshop store and buy it there. So, again, though, but you know, there really isn't a big market for used models like there is used cards or something. So, and plus, LGSs are a thriving part of the Magic community. Always have been. I feel like it's important to keep them, you know, in the loop. At the same time, though, Wizards will be like, oh, here's, you know, a thousand dollar Fetchland box. <laughs> Only the other <laughs> LGS. So it's like I want to say they don't care, but then they'll do that. It's like, OK, well, I feel like you're doing this all, you know, rudely, but OK, I'll let it slide, you know. But yeah, so that's me and Jeremy's long winded take for this week. I'm sorry we had to uh, talk about the Walking Dead out of all damn things on our <laughs> podcast. But we did talk about some of Death Shadow and it's the beginning of the episode but that wraps up for this week's podcast and hope to see everyone next week be safe and have fun out there <laughs>